When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, first question, change my opinion. Fireworks are overrated. I can't change your opinion, so I went to the beach for fireworks on the 4th of July, and they were horrible. So it's Mm. now, for me, just something to pass the time while I'm drinking, to be honest with you. I wonder if that's like getting, you know, a little bit older is like when we were kids, fireworks were really cool. And maybe that's where our parents were. It was like, this is something for us to, you know, entertain the kids with while we're drinking. Is that I'm I'm having a revelation over here. Maybe, maybe these aren't so bad at all. They just keep the kids entertained. Right. They they keep the kids entertained and they keep the grownups entertained because, you know, hey, they're able to drink. The kids are able to look at the fireworks and the parents are able to enjoy themselves. Um, we're to the point now where now we're the adults in the room and now we're sitting here drinking and trying to do something to pass the time while that's happening. Now for the record, there's a lot of stuff I do to pass the time while I'm drinking. Number one, playing golf, um, fishing, another one, uh, watching college football up there as well. So number of things. Well, I was going to say, I do a lot of things to pass the time while being an adult. So, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Fair enough then. I think that's, that's, that's where life is at this point. Anyways, uh, Mike, we're back after a few weeks off here. Uh, we had a couple of trips and an Indian wedding to be a part of. It's been an eventful few weeks here. But we have one last off-season podcast we got to do here before uh, really the, the rubber starts to meet the road with the season. Uh, ACC Media Day starting this weekend uh, or this upcoming week. But uh, we have a few things we need to cover before we get to that, Mike. And first the probably the most prominent thing in the news ACC wise for the last you know week or two, and, and maybe really even in the world of college football has been a, a, an entire scandal. And, and I guess we'll call it a scandal, but it's just been a, a bit of a, a PR eyesore for uh, Louisville fans as there were some uh, un, you know, unimpressive comments we'll say that were made by John Shatner uh, for those who are unaware, he is the former CEO, founder, chairman of the board, blah, 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 of Papa John's Pizza, and by proxy has been a major sponsor of the University of Louisville's athletics program. Their football stadium was named Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Um, he made some very uh, unseemly remarks, uh, had some racial slurs in there, it was really a uh, not, not a pretty or, or becoming thing for him to be saying and doing. And as a result, Mike, there, there's been plenty of, of public outcry, backlash, et cetera, you know, but part of which has come from the University of Louisville's athletic department um, and has now turned into a, a big mess with players demanding that stadium, this name of the stadium be changed. I think that 
Louisville is basically willing to challenge him in voiding a contract that said he had naming rights for about 20 years. They've already taken his name off the stadium. It's now just the University of Louisville's Cardinal Stadium. Um, this is a, this is a big mess. Not not a good piece of uh, of PR for the University of Louisville and being associated with a guy who's making comments like this at a, at a time like this, right before the season's about to start. Yeah, uh, not a good look. You know, anytime you throw racial epithets around, especially with you know the times that we're dealing with, um, just in general, um, you know, it's covered more than it ever has been um, as far as you know, racial tension in the country. It's never been covered more in my lifetime. I'm just turned 26, Joey. Um, and some of that, you know, th- there's parts of that that's real and parts of that that's a little bit hyped up, you know, by the media. And this is one of those situations where it's real. Um, you know, John Shatner's on a conference call and comes out and says what he said and obviously that's going to raise eyebrows and like you said it's an unbecoming thing for him to say uh something that should never be thrown around by anybody uh but it was and it turns into a huge scandal for louisville you know obviously not their fault but when his name is on the stadium it all of a sudden becomes your issue so they've dealt with it as well as to be expected um, and now it's just, like you said, it's just now Cardinal Stadium. Papa John's um, has now been completely removed. And like you said, they'll they'll work to try to void the contract. But, you know, there will be some hoops to jump through here for sure. And it'll be really interesting to see how it, everything pans out. Uh, but not a great look for John Shatner, not a great look for Papa John's. And unfortunately for Louisville, they're now caught in the middle of it. Yep. I, I was thinking about this too, Mike, in the last couple of days is that, you know, you go back and look over the last, I don't know, what, two, three years. This has not really been prime time to be a Louisville sports fan. Um, no, 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 no. There has been a mess here and a mess there for like three years on end, basically, going back to strippers in the dorms and then Rick Pitino and that whole thing. And now, you know, any of the Bobby Petrino nonsense that is destined to follow him around. And now, you know, this whole Papa John's thing. And basically go back to about 2013 when Louisville won the national title in basketball. And the time since has not been ideal. I mean, Lamar Jackson won a Heisman trophy and and they've had some really good years in football, uh, a, a couple of them at least, but, I mean, this has not been a a great time to be a Louisville fan. There just keep, seems to be another scandal around the corner whenever you're uh, whenever you turn around. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see who ends up getting the final naming rights for the stadium uh, in the aftermath here of this whole John Shatner nonsense. Um, but again, just a, a frustrating, you know, another just egg in the face moment for for Louisville fans having to deal with this whole type of Incident, I guess. Not really a scandal, but sure, incident. Yeah, um, it's also not a good time to be a Virginia Tech fan, Joey. How's that for a segue? That's that's a great segue, actually. And we continue the theme of not really the best offseason for Virginia Tech. Not great, Joey. Not great. Tell me more. We had, a, we had Mook Reynolds that was kicked off the team a few weeks ago. Well, there's more to the story, it seems. Yeah, so Mook Reynolds, starting whip, three-year starter. Um, 
going on to his fourth year. He played a lot as a freshman. He was a rotational player. He started two years since then and part of his freshman year as well. Um, starting whip, he's had some issues off the field in the past. Turns out that he wasn't out due to injury during spring practice. He was suspended by Justin Fuente. Come to find out that just last week, he was arrested and charged with felony intent to distribute. It's a class five felony in the state of Virginia. Uh, obviously, marijuana is the drug of choice here. Not a great look for Mook Reynolds. Now, the Hokies are in an interesting situation now. They dismiss him from the team. Uh, he's scheduled to appear in a district court on July 27th. Um, and like I mentioned, it, the felony charge was selling and distributing marijuana or for the possession of marijuana with the intent to sell or distribute. That's at least what was listed, um, you know, according to the state. Now it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the Hokies because now they have an open, another open spot on defense, a guy who, you know, the Hokies were going to rely on to start at whip is essentially their nickel, their nickel back. Uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, now it looks like Devin Hunter, who, Joey, you remember how big of a deal it was for Virginia Tech to get Devin Hunter two years ago, um, two recruiting cycles ago anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, he played last year on special teams, and Hokies fans have been clamoring for him to get on the field. Didn't work out last year because the Hokies were pretty set in their secondary, but it looks like Devin Hunter, who was performing pretty well at whip while Mook Reynolds was out in the spring, He's going to get his opportunity to slide into a starting spot as a true sophomore here this upcoming season. So Hokies fans are going to have an opportunity to see their guy play. One of the biggest recruits in school history, one of the highest rated recruits in school history, looks like he's going to be starting as a sophomore here for the Hokies. So it's not all bad. You get to see what you got with Devin Hunter, the talents there. Um, it's going to be hard to make up for the experience of Mook Reynolds, but I think when you have a guy that's talented, it, you know, the Hokies were going to roll the dice and get this guy on the field one way or another anyway, I think, this year. But uh, now it's without question. He's going to be the starter at whip. And he looked great in the spring. But as you know, Joey, we'll have to see what happens when the actual games take place this fall. Devin Hunter, welcome to the show, kid. <laughs> You're in. You're in. You got to fill in for a dude who was uh, more than earning his keep at the whip for Bud Foster's defense. So. Yeah, I mean, the continuation of a, a rough offseason for the Hokies is not only having a guy kicked off the team, but then a week or two later finding out, you know, some reasoning for it or even a follow-up to it being that now the guy is looking at, you know, staring down the barrel of a felony, like, not great. Um, not, great. not No, not really what you're going for. Now, to, to the credit of Justin Fuente and the coaching staff, they acted on this quickly and appropriately, right? They, they didn't um, – really open themselves up to being, you know, any, any sort of, Hey, we're, we're trying to support this guy who's now going to be a felon, right? You know, this, they, um, they were able to separate themselves from him fairly quickly and not really put the program in jeopardy. So credit to them for how they took action and, uh, and, and got quick results out of this. So good on them, but still not a great look for Virginia tech fans and not, not a great time uh, to be, I would say not a good time in this off season to be a Hokie. You're just ready for the season to start at this point. So, and the, and so Joey, we'll just dive into this just a little bit more. So towards the end of last week, Mook Reynolds essentially puts out a tweet, um, you know, asking that once his name is cleared, that as much positive news is spread 
as the negative news that was spread about his arrest that, you know, there's positive that comes out of this. And he tweeted literally at Andy Bitter, formerly of the Roanoke Times. He's on the move. Um, he's a media free agent, but um, he's got his sights set on somewhere else, which he'll announce soon. But one of the one of the guys who's prominent on the Virginia Tech beat, Mook Reynolds tweets at him and says, hey, I hope you spread positive information about me, too. Once my name is cleared, um, not a great look especially when you're facing a class five felony, probably not ideal for him to say that. And speaking of not ideal, you got Trayvon Hill, Virginia tech starting defensive lineman saying that Andy bitters out here, you know, taking with it and running with it and trying to drag book Reynolds's name through the mud. Like, I'm sorry, the guy's doing his job, right? Like Andy bitters out here reporting the news and reporting the facts and doing his job. You can't ask a guy not to report when literally he's being paid to do so. Um, if you don't want him to talk about Mook Reynolds getting arrested, Mook Reynolds should just not get arrested next time, right? That's. I was going to say, if he's stating facts and you don't like his facts, that's your problem. Right. You know, make change change the facts, and that's uh, and that's. Look, you you can not get yourself in that position to where you're causing that sort of issue. Right. So you know, I get all sides of it. Right. Trayvon Hill's defending a teammate. Mook Reynolds is trying to defend his own name, and Andy Bitter's doing his job. But I think what needs to happen moving forward is the football players need to have some classes as far as how to handle the media, uh, because that that's not that that's not how to handle things. Like not the way you should be handling things. Um, you know, we'll see what happens here moving forward. Um, you know, the Hokies haven't really had this issue since Justin Fuente has been there, as far as guys speaking out against media members and you know openly tweeting at these guys i mean obviously it's emotional you lose a guy who is obviously was obviously well respected among his teammates that's clear and he's allowed to make a mistake but he was in hot water anyway joey i mean mook reynolds made several mistakes so for everybody listening to this podcast out here you know it's not just the class five felony i mean he was in hot water before that and that's why he was suspended for the spring um the class five felony that he was just charged with uh, within the last couple of weeks, that was kind of the cherry on top, icing on the cake, and that's what ultimately got him dismissed from the team. Well, and and the the whole thing about tweet at the media or whatever, it's going to dig your ditch deeper a lot quicker than you're going to help fill it in. I mean, just don't do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do that. that. It's not hard. Right. It's uh, doesn't have to be. Yeah. Some some of us would see it as common sense, but. Hey, man, if these players need to be coached up on that, like I highly recommend it anyway, because these kids are in. I mean, they're kids, right? I mean, it's 18 to 21, 22 year olds in most cases, and they're thrown into the spotlight a lot of times for the first time ever when they get to college. Um, that doesn't matter how highly graded of a recruit you are. You're really in the spotlight once you step foot on campus and college football is a business. So I, I'm an advocate for getting these guys media training. I think it can only help. And I think that Virginia Tech's going to have to work on that for sure. Mike, you know what I'm an advocate of? Uh, you're an advocate of coaching rivalries? I was going to say coaches throwing shade at each other, but yeah, that was close. You're, you're pretty much there. I'm there. Uh, since we're, we're on the uh, smooth transition train here tonight, I want to talk about coaches throwing shade because there was a great example of it that in, in all you know perfect honesty, authenticity, everything, right now, I'm a big fan of coaches talking trash at each other through the media. This is perfect. Mike, there was an incident uh, a couple weeks ago of 
NC State's offensive coordinator with one of the better names among coordinators in the in the college world. His name is Eli Drinkwitz. Yes, pretty good name. He was uh, he was doing a little bit of an interview, and um, he took that opportunity to make this comment about certain uh, in-state rivals that he had. Now, right now, we're getting some really good players. In fact, I think we've got like 14 or 15 of the top 50 in the state right now. In the other states around here, got one or two shot fired. <laughs> oh, all right. All right, Eli. Got all Shots those, fired. Uh, Shots fired. Shots fired is right. Got all those top recruits that all these other guys can't get. Okay, all right. Now, just be careful because – these are the things that open up, you know, your uh, if you ever start throwing stones and you turn around and find out that your house is made of glass, this can hurt you real quick. But uh, I thought that that was a, a great little little conable jab. Uh, and honestly, Mike, I think he trumped it with uh, with this one. We're making additions to our stadium. We're definitely not taking seats out or anything like that. Again, shot fired. Oh, oh. That, of course, in reference to uh, North Carolina's, you know, Keenan Stadium, they are reducing the reducing the capacity there. Dang. Yeah. Dang, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Straight fire. You could tell the Adam and Joe from ninety nine nine, the fan there um, mm-hmm. in North Carolina. They had no idea how to even react to it. It was just like, oh my God, here comes Eli Drinkwitz from the top rope. <laughs> I mean, he just, I mean, throwing shade. He doesn't care who knows it. He's announcing publicly shots fired after every comment he makes. Um, just just ripping North Carolina. Um, I can get behind that. I can. As a Virginia Tech fan who's listened to the North Carolina fan base, I can get behind that noise. Um, Eli Drinkwitz, keep doing your thing, man. Shameless, wonderful. I love it. I love it. More of this, please. Um, I... I feel like, you know, coming up on media days, I'm, I'm ready for some sort of uh, media petty feud nonsense, something like this coming. And uh, I think this really uh, this really got the thing going coming up on media days this, this week. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting that much closer to college football season, you can tell, because NC State's feeling themselves, man. They're ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a. Uh... Hopefully this turns into a good year for NC State because that could turn into a pretty funny quote if not. But it could. At the very least, they need to beat North Carolina. Absolutely, yeah. Don't mess that up. Don't don't mess that up, NC State. Um, Mike. So that's that's enough of the uh, non-real football things. You want to talk about a real real football thing? Yeah. Are we talking about Adidas's uh, deal with Georgia Tech or? Uh, we can if you want to. I, I've got a maybe a somewhat more real football thing to hey, talk to. Hey, it's it's real to it's real to you. you know? It's real to me. Yes, I I want you to know, and I want to announce right here, right now, on the Basketball Conference podcast, my life's work is complete. It is Georgia Tech, no longer a Russell Athletic School. R.I.P. Russell. We're done. Uh, Georgia Tech officially an Adidas school. Mike, that started uh, a little over two weeks ago, as we sit here and talk uh, and, and record this podcast. Now, funny part about Georgia Tech being an Adidas school is that Adidas apparel is not really any more available than it was two months ago at the spring game. So still a little bit of a caveat in Georgia Tech being an Adidas school, but hoping at media days later this week, we'll catch a little peek of a couple players wearing an Adidas jersey. But the long and short of it, Georgia Tech and Adidas school, now it becomes a bit of a mess in that they are trying to get some apparel out to the fans. 
Yeah, uh, and that's understandable when you're making a transition like this from one apparel one one apparel company to another. And Joey, you know, some of our listeners out there that follow me know that I'm an avid, avid NBA fan, right? Mm-hmm. So 12:01 on July 1st, 12:01 a.m., I was really excited about NBA free agency. I'm scrolling through Twitter. I'm looking at all the deals that Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN is announcing. I'm getting all fired up. Then I come across a tweet from Joey. It's 12.01 a.m. on July 1st. I'd like to make an announcement that Georgia Tech is no longer a Russell Athletic School. It's now an Adidas school. Nobody was more excited than you. You even broke out into writing again, mm-hmm. which is, I, I, look, this has been your thing for a couple of years. You know, you're the writer emeritus or whatever your title is at from the Rumble Seed blog. And every now and again, you essentially break out in song when, <laughs> when you're writing about this topic. And uh, you, you come out of writing retirement to write about the fact that Georgia Tech's no longer Russell Athletic School. Nobody was more excited than you were. We had a little bit of a reunion tour that night, Mike. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. You talk about that that night itself. I was actually sitting in a bar in uh, Seattle. My wife and I were on a trip there, hanging out with some friends. Uh, I had to get up from the table for a minute and said, hey, give me a minute. I walked out to go send a couple of tweets announcing the fact that Georgia Tech no longer a Russell Athletic School. It was a good time to be alive. Um, yeah, I did. I got a, a little special article up on from the Rumble seat uh, on the SB Nation Network, kind of commemorating the moment and, and celebrating and talking about. I think that and I'll be very honest here, Mike, and genuine. I think that this is a good uh a good marker moment of a, a different, what I'll call a different era in Georgia Tech athletics. I think that Russell Athletic going away, you know, no longer being associated with the program is a is a is a meaningful moment that kind of uh, indicates a change in in how Georgia Tech athletics are going to go. Um, they they hired a new athletic director a couple of years ago, and the time since they've been fundraising, they've been starting to renovate some really important facilities. They've changed, you know, they've gotten rid of Adidas or gotten rid of Russell Athletic, brought in Adidas. Um, all these things that I think Georgia Tech, in in a lot of ways, at least for football, is always going to be difficult to recruit to, at least in the context of the other schools in the area that are also recruiting in the same you know the same recruiting pool. But the thing is that. Georgia Tech has also created a lot of its own difficulties in terms of crappy branding and outdated facilities, these kinds of things that by getting rid of those, you are at least minimizing the downsides or the um, the less attractive aspects of going to Georgia Tech. And so I think in seeing these things from Todd Stansbury, you're seeing a change in approach in how this athletics program is going to be administered moving forward. And I think that's why this is so uh so meaningful or so indicative of a new era is that previously, you know, for 20 years or whatever, Russell athletic was the brand. And over time they got more and more uh, outdated, less and less attractive. Their, their public image went further and further down and getting away from them, I think is a major step in, uh, in getting rid of the downsides or the, uh, the negatives uh, to Georgia tech for these student athletes. They're trying to recruit for football as well as other sports. Bro, I played football in high school, and we had Russell Athletic jerseys first couple of years. Junior and senior year, we broke out with Nike. Mm-hmm. Game changer. And that was high school. Complete game mm-hmm. changer. Too yeah. much swag. Too much swag, man. It was so nice. 
you're not even getting recruited. Exactly. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out here. I'm out here. You know, washing jocks wraps. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, we got real personal here. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Um, long story short, Georgia Tech now in Adidas school. We're still waiting on some apparel, but brighter, you know, brighter days are to come. Don't worry. It's good. It's better now. It's all good. And Joey's happy. I am a happy man. I've been celebrating for two weeks now. It's been great. On to real football. On to real football, Mike. Uh, at least gambling on real football. Yeah. That's real we football have, to us. It's real football to us, buddy. That's the realest football we've had, at least since the spring game, if not since, you know, the, the uh, college football playoff when Clemson was playing. So, uh, Mike, we have ACC championship odds for all 14 teams in the ACC. I am going to list these off, some one by one, some in groups, and I want you to tell me how interested you are in betting a team to win the ACC championship at this number. Are you ready? Go. If you had to just, you know, wild guess, you know, I'll give you two, I'll give you three guesses, and the first two don't count on who the favorite is to win the ACC. Who's your guess? Hmm. Clemson. Yeah, it might be the team that's won it several years in a row, been to the playoff three years in a row, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the Clemson Tigers are a one-to-two favorite, Mike. That means they are minus 200, bet $2 to win one. They are an overwhelming favorite. Are you interested in the Tigers at that number? I am. Okay. Mostly, For, because, mostly because you have to hedge your bets somewhere, and that's I was the, safest say, bet in the country. safest bet in the country, Joey. I was going to say, for what it's worth, there is basically no value in that, but this is – if you're if you're going for anyone else, you're basically taking a flyer at this point. That Thank this you. is the uh, the far and away you know runaway favorite here. So Clemson one to two. I if you're going for the high you know high probability play, this is the one. But I, I don't see a lot of scenarios where someone else is going home with the championship. But Mike, with that said, second favorite on the board at five to one, your Miami Hurricanes. I'm sorry, I got to go throw up. <laughs> uh, Thoughts? Yes, no, five to one. Yes, I guess. I think. I mean, I think if you're looking to pick a favorite in the coastal, I think it's got to be Miami. Yeah, by by a lot. By the way, I think. Like, yeah, I think, pretty, I think it's pretty sizable. I think Miami is pretty clearly the second best team in the ACC. I think that's fair. I think the third team on this list could challenge them, but I, I think so. And yet, like, I don't know. Part of me, you know, from the gambler's perspective, is if if we're if we're acknowledging Miami as the far and away runaway favorite in the Coastal Division, five to one to win the conference title. I think I'll take that because if what we're saying is that they're going to play Clemson six times and win one of them at least, I think I'm fine with that. I think. It's it's hard to it's hard to frame the question like this. Like I get what we're trying to do here. The problem is it's hard to frame the question like this because you'd be stupid to bet against Clemson this year, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, you're you. It's a crappy value bet to bet on Clemson, but and you're going to have more value betting game to game, week to week, than you will betting on who's going to win the ACC because it seems mm-hmm. like a foregone conclusion to me that it's going to be Clemson. They haven't had this much talent returning in a really, really long time. Um, that Deshaun Watson championship team was pretty good. That year before when they lost to Bama, that team was pretty good. Um, but this is the most talent they've had defensively in a long, long time. 
and it's really hard to imagine them not winning the ACC championship. But hey, if you're looking for odds outside of them and we frame it that way, let's continue. One one last little bit. If you're for those keeping score at home, if you're if you're trying to win a hundred dollars by betting who's gonna win the ACC championship, you gotta bet two hundred on Clemson or you gotta bet twenty on Miami. Yeah. You got ten times better odds on Miami, I get or uh ten times less value we'll say on Miami than you do on Clemson but for what that's worth that that's a pretty steep drop off from one to two so keep that in mind yep Mike number three Willie Taggart's Florida State Seminoles at nine to one are are you interested in the Knowles at nine to one I don't know what Florida State's going to be do you like I don't know how good this team is I think they have talent I don't know if Willie Taggart is like I think Willie Taggart's a good coach but like I don't know if he's ready for this if that makes sense, like we're going to find am, out together. I'm sneaky interested in Florida State, maybe just base case, but certainly at nine to one. I think that what you said, they got the talent. They're getting DeAndre Francois back. They're also going to be playing for Willie Taggart, where the players seem way more motivated and interested in playing for him than they ever did for Jimbo last year. I've got a lot of reasons to think that Florida State is going to be, you know, punching above its weight after a year that they went, I think, seven and six with an Independence Bowl win. Right. Last year, by all accounts, was pretty, uh, pretty frustrating, pretty weak for Florida State. I think this year is going to be better. Um, do they have the talent to jump up and shock a team like a Clemson? Sure. Syracuse beat Clemson last year. So why not Florida State? But, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. I, I don't really know. I, I think I like Florida State at nine to one. I think it's you know, it, it is a two game season for Florida State. Um, in my mind, anyway, like. A lot of Hokies fans are going to listen to this podcast. Oh, wait, don't don't forget about the Virginia Tech game in the opener. Look, Florida State gets that game at home. They're more talented than Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's replacing their entire defense. A lot of key playmakers on offense. Like, Florida State's going to be a 10-point favorite pretty easily, I think, um, in that opener. The two games that it comes down to for me is obviously the division game against Clemson that they play every year. That's going to be a big game. And then they go across the divisions and play Miami. And you're going to get Miami in the middle of the year. It's going to be a huge game, regardless of what happens with the Florida State Clemson game. You know, they're going to have their eyes on Miami as well because they're their rival. Look, if Florida State gets past Clemson and they're able to get to the ACC championship game, um, even if they were to lose the initial matchup against Miami and then face them in a rematch in the ACC championship game, like it's a two game regular season in my mind for Florida State. I think they have the talent to get by everybody else on their schedule. Yeah. Right? I mean, Florida State does play Notre Dame this year. Um, that could well, that I'm, could be a pretty big game, but like it's not it's not as it's not as meaningful to me, obviously, because it's not an ACC game. Like if we're talking Florida State national championship type college football playoff type team, this is a different conversation. If we're talking purely through the lens of Florida State as like an ACC title contender, you've got to be Clemson and then Look, the Miami game matters because I think you're going to end up facing them on the other side. If you get past Clemson, you're able to go to the ACC championship game. You know, that could end up being a rematch. That's why I think I guess, that game matters. I just, well, yes, everything you said is true. The thing that I have a sticking point on is the thought that this is a two-game regular season for Florida State because I'm not going to sit here and just sit here and think, oh, well, they're going to win the other 10. You know, I, 
And now if we're talking in the context of winning the ACC, Notre Dame doesn't matter. And a couple of these out-of-conference games don't matter. You know, playing Florida, that doesn't matter, blah, 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 blah. But I also just don't want to blanket assume Florida State's going 10-0 and then they're going to play Clemson and Miami and however that turns out is going to determine everything else. Like, I, I think there's other opportunities for them to lose. So it kind of becomes more a matter of that for me of, of there's 10 other games. What happens there? I mean, if they go 8-2 and two in those games, finish 10-2, and two, win the ACC championship, maybe you're in the playoff discussion or whatever. But I think that that's, I think that's oversimplifying it if we say that it's a two-game regular season for the Knowles. Fair, but what do you think the losable games are on Florida State's schedule? Losable, like truly losable. Ooh, you're gonna make me pull it up. All right, let's yeah, look. Yeah, let's let's pull it up. I'll talk for a minute. So they got Virginia Tech in the opener. They do play Notre Dame. I believe that game's in South Bend. Um, I don't know where they play Florida this year because nobody was paying attention to Florida, Florida State last year because both teams were trash. Um, obviously Clemson, Miami games matter. So it's what five losable games? But do you like? how many of those are actually losable in your mind? Like, do you think Florida state loses to Florida? Like Florida's got a pretty talented team, right? But we don't know. Like the cupboard's not bare, but it's first year for Dan Mullen. A lot of questions there. First year for Willie Tagger too, on, on the flip side of the coin. So. Hmm. So what's, it's funny. I, I mean, you mentioned Florida. This is the, the weekend after Thanksgiving, I'm not sure anybody knows a damn thing about what either Florida or Florida state is going to look like <laughs> four months from now. I mean, both under new leadership with plenty of talent that could go any of the several directions. So I, I don't know how I feel about that game going to South Bend to play Notre Dame again, Florida state high ceiling, but probably high variance team, you know, could end up in several different directions. Um, get Clemson at home on the road at Miami, other potentially tricky games, Open the season at home on a Monday night against Virginia Tech. Could get weird. On the road, two weeks later, in the Carrier Dome against Syracuse. Stranger things have happened. Uh, ask Clemson. Yeah, that's right. Two weeks later, on the road at Louisville. Again, I don't think all that highly of Louisville, but who knows. On the road at NC State in the start of November. You know, it's there are losable games here, and especially if this team is not consistently focused and, and – putting together consistent performances week to week to week, there, there's room for them to lose. And that's, that's, that's my thought is I don't want to sit here and just dismiss the other 10 games in the season and saying that, oh, sure, Florida State's going to – it's all going to come down to two games. It very well may. And, it, I mean, I don't know that any of us would be shocked if it did, but um, there, there's, there's, I think there were several losable games on the schedule for Florida State. With all that being said, 8-1 to one odds, you win? Uh. Did I just talk you out? Yeah, I talk you out of it. I might talk you out of it. No, no, no. I think at nine to, at nine to one, I, I think I'm still interested here. Nine to one. Okay, I said. I eight. think I'm interested in Florida State. Okay. I just I just don't want to reduce it down to a two game regular season. That's all. That's all. Yeah. You don't want me talking out my ass. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. I mean, Next. talking out our asses is kind of how this podcast came to be. So yes, people seem to be enjoying it. Um, <laughs> anyway, next. Anyways, uh, your Virginia Tech Hokies, my Louisville Cardinals, Mike, both sixteen to one. Nope, nope. I, I don't like any of them. Nope. I don't no, think so. No way. No way. Nope. Don't like Louisville replacing a lot of talent. Virginia Tech, they'll be lucky to get to eight wins. I I agree. Um, I, on some level, I I almost kind of disagree at this point with the idea that these are the tied for fourth best teams in the conference or tied for fourth best conference championship odds. 
I think that there are multiple teams below these teams that I think have better chances to win the conference. Is that fair? I, I agree with you. Let's let's go through those. Let's do it. Twenty to one, the NC State Wolfpack. Yep, I'm I'm game. I'm game. I think so. I like NC State. I like NC State, man. I do. I think Dave Doran's got that thing going in the right direction. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure up until last year. They're pretty competitive most of the year. They are they are replacing talent, right? They they got guys who left. Bradley Chubb, no more Jalen Samuels, but um, you know they still got Ryan Finley. Uh, they'll still have a pretty talented defense overall. I think NC State will be fine. I, I like their odds better than Virginia Tech or Louisville. I think it's crazy that their odds are worse. My biggest concern, Mike, is like NC State has talent and they've got pieces in place, but. We just saw about the most talented NC State team in several years. And they went, what, nine and four? I think eight and four with a bowl win. Like, yeah. So then they have a bunch of dudes leave and go to the NFL draft. And now what? Like, you have mm-hmm. no Jalen Samuel. You have no Naeem Hines. You have no Bradley Chubb. No, you know, like you lose all these dudes. And now you're coming back. You're supposed to be the, you know, the fourth best team, I guess, in the Atlantic. <sighs> if you couldn't do it last year, when are you going to do it? Like, you know, that's, that's, I, I'm a little bit skeptical of, of Dave Dorn at this point and what program he's putting together there. Like it still seems like there's untapped potential that I don't know if he's going to reach. And so I, you know, if I'm, if I'm picking an Atlantic team, not named Clemson or Florida state, I think there's actually one team on this list with uh, worse odds than NC state that I think I like more. Okay. Let's I continue. Let's go. I, I don't think I'm playing NC State at 20 to 1. If I have to pick a team in the Atlantic, not named Clemson or Florida State, I think at 25 to 1, Mike, I'm taking the Boston College Eagles. I like that pick. 25 to 1. Boston College, I, I, I never know how I feel about them under Steve Adazio. They always seem like they're, you know, kind of iffy or, or you know, questionable, not that great, whatever. And then, like, you, you, you blink and you turn around, and next thing you know, they're you know, eight and four, seven and five, and they've, they've got a dominant run game. And, uh, you know, the whole thing, my, I think we agreed a while ago, you've got the D train running up there, AJ Dillon with Boston college. If, if you can get anything out of your pass game, Boston college is like a subtly dangerous team. Yes. Yeah. Do I think they're dangerous enough to jump up and beat Florida state or Clemson. Actually, do I think they're dangerous enough to jump up and beat Florida state and Clemson? Probably not. Um, but at 25 to one, I don't, I don't mind it. Yeah. Don't mind it. And once again, like we can compare teams throughout the Atlantic division, not named Clemson and Florida state. Like if there's one team, I agree with you. I I think I do like Boston college more than NC state. It really comes down to, for me, like whether or not Scott Leffler decides to actually run the football with AJ Dillon, just run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, because that's what the strength is. Like you said, you get anything out of quarterback, you know, defense is going to be solid. We might be talking about a nine win Boston College team and like not even be joking around about it. We'll, we'll get into it with season previews here in the next few weeks. But look, Boston College has a chance to be a really good team this year and a team that I don't think a lot of people are expecting to do much. Um, they could easily get to eight or nine wins if they're able to run the football like they did towards the back half of last season. For what it's worth, I, I would not wish betting money on what Scott Leffler is going to do. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Yeah, please. Uh, <laughs> as as a, as an avid Virginia Tech fan and alum who sat through the Scott Leffler experience as a student, like do not do not bet on Scott Leffler. Not like, recommended. 
Not recommended. I'm an avid Georgia Tech fan and alum, Mike, and they are 40 to 1 to win the conference. Uh, uh, yeah, to win now. I mean, that's that's great. I mean, that's great value if all hell breaks loose. But I think so. I mean, now it's so hard, it's so hard with Clemson. It's just so hard to do this with Clemson. So we we just said that there are four Atlantic teams with odds at 25 to 1 or better. Georgia Tech is now only the third in third favorite in the coastal, and they're at 40 to 1. I but I think that for what it's worth, I think they're probably in my book, probably second favorite in the coastal. I I am not a believer in the Hokies this year. I am more so a believer in Georgia Tech for whatever that's worth. Um 40 to 1. You're telling me you're gonna play this season 41 times and Georgia Tech isn't gonna win the coastal more than once. Or you know, win the conference. Sorry, more than one. I, uh, they'd win the. I they mind win the it. more than once. I'm I'm in on that. I, I agree. Yeah. I you know we'll, we'll again we'll get into it in team previews. I am I am very bullish on Georgia Tech this year, and that maybe is a homeristic kind of thing, but I like a lot of what I see. Put all that in you know conjunction with forty to one odds. I think I'll take it. Fair. I think I'll take it. That's it. Yo, the co- the coastal is getting some major shade here. Like. Mm-hmm. They're getting thrown major shade with these odds. And I don't disagree. I don't think I disagree. Yeah. I mean, if it, so if we were going to put a bet on, is the conference champion going to come from the Coastal or the Atlantic? It, I mean, the Atlantic's a heavy favorite, right? With both Clemson and Florida State? Well, yeah, you take two teams. I mean, I, I don't care what you think of Miami. It's just you have Clemson and Florida State against one really, really, really good Miami team. Like Miami's out. Miami's outstanding. Like Miami has a real quarterback. Like this is college football playoff Miami, national championship contender Miami. Good. Their fans already already think that's the case. I don't believe in Malik Rozier at all. I don't. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Haven't. Oh, we'll get there in a couple weeks. Don't we worry. Will. We will. I'm. I'm already. <laughs> I'm already fired up about it. Yeah. Yeah. We only speak facts. We, we only speak facts on this pod, bro. Mm-hmm. Facts only. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Duke, 50 to 1. Wake Forest, 50 to 1. I, n- no, thank you. I'm going to say no. Yeah. That's going to be a no for me, dog. If you told me Wake Forest is going to be fourth in the Atlantic and they're going to beat out probably Louisville, I'm buying that. Yeah, sure. You're going to tell me Wake is going to be good enough to knock off everyone else in the Atlantic and win the conference championship? I'm going to say no. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Even at 50 to one, I, I don't think so. Same with Duke. I, it's not there. No. I don't think so. No, neither, neither one of those teams. Very good. Duke did go up to the conference championship game a few years ago, but I think that was more in a, a, a real oddball season. So I, I, I just don't think that this is one of those. I don't literally all hell broke loose. Now, to be fair, we, we can always predict when the oddball seasons are going to happen. So we, you know, if if we know when those going to happen, you know we'll, we'll pick Duke. But this, until this then, is, this isn't one of them. I mean, there are three really, really. I mean, okay, there is one team that's on a level separate from everyone else, and I'm not talking everybody else in the ACC. I'm talking like everybody else nationally, right? Mm-hmm. In my opinion, you have Clemson and you have Alabama, and you literally have everybody else. In my opinion, um. Which you might call obscenely talented. Right. Correct. Uh, just outstanding. Uh, well, and I think 
I know, I know you're going to hate this, but Georgia might be getting close to that level too with their recruiting. We can, we can have that conversation. I have opinions on that too, but anyways. Okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So Clemson really, really good. And then there's Florida state and Miami. That's like the next tier. And then in my opinion, there's everybody else is like Mm -hmm. steps lower. There's a big drop off. Yeah. And I think Miami is the second best team in the ACC. I do, but I think Miami and Florida state are, uh, comparable with their talent. Mike Pittsburgh, 66 to one. Uh, no. Yeah. I'm going to say no. I think at this point you're pretty much just lighting your money on fire, which I've been known to do by the way. So it's also going to be hilarious when somebody comes back to this in December and they're playing in the AC championship. It's, you know, a coin flip or whatever you want to call it. We told you, we told you. Mm -hmm. All those uh, vehement Pittsburgh betters in in mid July. That's right. Jim Hammett. I mean, it could be, who knows Uh, if, if anybody were probably him, Uh, Syracuse, 75 to one, North Carolina, hundred to one, Virginia, hundred to one. Yeah, um, that's going to be a no for me, dog, on all those. What odds would you need to bet Virginia to win the ACC championship? Um, is, is there a number 10,000 to one? I, I thought so 10,000 to one came into my head. I still don't think that's enough. Would you put a dollar on it? Like, would you prefer at that point at 10,000 to one? Would you rather put a dollar on Virginia to win the ACC championship? Or find someone that could make like an origami figure out of your dollar. Right. I, I'm going with the origami figure because it can sit on my desk at work. You know, okay. look at it. You know what I mean? Or I could like use it to get a sweet tea or something. Yeah. That, yeah, that's true. That's it's good. If you go find like a nickel and a few pennies, you can also get a soda at McDonald's for that. Right. Um, probably better value than Virginia to win an ACC championship. Yeah. Um. Now, would the same go for North Carolina? If I gave you 10,001 on North Carolina, would you bet it? Oh, I would bet it. I would bet on North Carolina. I think North Carolina is actually pretty talented. I do. Um, we we were kind of robbed of seeing them last year healthy, obviously, with all the injuries they had. That's that's a pretty obvious statement I just made. But I think we were clearly robbed of seeing how talented this team really is. Um, Larry Fedora does a pretty good job recruiting. I mean, you know, we make jokes about Virginia Tech stealing all the all the recruits from in-state. But Larry Fedora still cobbles together decent recruiting classes, and I think they're going to be just fine if they're able to stay healthy. And I think Fedora is a good coach. There's a reason why he was pursued by you know other universities over the last three or four years. Um, so yeah, long long story short, North Carolina's odds. You know, if you gave me ten thousand to one, I'm putting money on that. I think I agree, and I, I think that there is a pretty massive disparity between how good North Carolina will slash can be. And how good Virginia can slash will be against what their odds say, basically. Um, I, I think that North Carolina can be a, a decent, if not good, team in the ACC, and I, I'll be surprised if Virginia is that. Let's Correct. Say that. Yeah, let's let's go with that. I think it's a pretty safe statement. So both at 101, give me North Carolina all day long before you give me Virginia. Yep. All right. So Mike, that's 14 teams. If you're gonna bet. If you're going to put actual money on these, you know, playing the futures of those 14 teams, where's your money going? Clemson. That's it? Uh, no, it's going um, Clemson, Miami, Florida State. That's it. Top three. It, it sounds okay. stupid, but I think it's just that kind of year in the ACC. I'd be shocked if it was 
somebody else other than those three teams. I'm with you. I wanted to add Georgia Tech in there, but it has been years since I've seen Georgia Tech's offense look any good against Fort- against Clemson's defense. So I, I just, until then, I, I can't do it. There's not a team, just put it this way, there's not a team outside Miami. So say Miami doesn't win the ACC, Coastal. There's not a team outside Miami that's talented enough to beat Clemson. And and if if Georgia Tech were to beat Clemson, even one, so assuming they were going to win the championship, they would have to play twice because they play in the regular season. So let's say that they lose in the regular season, they're going to have to win the ACC championship game. They're going to have to win that game like thirteen to ten. I mean, they're not going to move the ball. They're going to have to turn them over and and make a real ugly game out of it. And I, I just don't think Georgia Tech has the talent to do that. So. I'm with you. If you're putting money down, I think it's Clemson, Miami, Florida State, probably in that order. Um, you might think twice about Florida State at nine to one being ahead of Miami at uh, at five to one, but long and short of it, those are your three teams. That's it. And we'll just—I mean, just bet week to week. Mm-hmm. I mean, stay away. Like, I'm not going to be putting money on who wins the ACC championship because I don't think it's of any value to me. Clemson is too heavy of a favorite this year. Uh, you're going to get a lot better value, obviously, in week to week. Mm-hmm. So do it that way. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because you think about, well, the the usual caveat to will this team win the conference championship, it's like, well, what if their quarterback gets injured? It's like, what if Clemson's quarterback gets injured? They might have two more that are just as good. <laughs> Throw in another one. Yeah, they've got more. Like, I... I don't know what the uh, what the methodology is there for beating Clemson and them, you know, losing more than one. Like I think we're talking about a twelve and one playoff Clemson team. So I just don't know how you bet against that. That's all. All right, good with me. All right, Mike, we got ACC kickoff starting Wednesday. Are there any storylines you're looking forward to here? Uh yeah. I mean. Josh Jackson is going there for Virginia Tech. So pretty safe to say that, you know, they're pretty comfortable with his academic situation. Um, I'm interested to see how he handles uh, the press in his return back um, because, you know, there will be a lot of storylines surrounding him. Uh, Obviously, a lot of the attention is going to be on Clemson and who the starting quarterback is going to be. So I'll be interested to see if Dabo Swinney addresses that at all. Um. And then outside of that, I'm interested to see what the NC State and North Carolina reaction is to the quotes from Eli Drinkwitz. Is there any fallout from that? Uh, it's always good to get a little bit petty during media days. So I'm interested to see if we hear or see any of that um, starting on Wednesday. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I, I There's nothing that I'm really looking into. I mean, there's there's a couple of storylines from the offseason that we might be able to hit on, like you mentioned, a couple of Virginia Tech things, et cetera. But more than anything, I will be fully satisfied with my ACC kickoff experience, Mike. If we get a little more uh, coach trash talk, that's what yeah, I want. Yeah, buddy. Bring some of that. That's what I'm looking for. So, uh, Larry, let me hear what your thoughts are on Eli's comments from a couple weeks ago, and uh, we'll just go from there. Let's just fire up that rivalry early in the year because they mm-hmm. don't play each other until November. So mm-hmm. let's get that going. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, let's get the chips in the shoulder now and then uh, see where it lands here at uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving, I guess, when those teams play. Um, Mike, I think that's all I got. Anything else from you uh, before we get out of here? Pretty solid podcast. Hopefully we'll get a record in next week. 
kind of concluding media days, if there's anything insightful that comes out of that, there's always a quote or two. So we'll try to jump on that. And That's then right. we have to get into season previews. It's about that time. Off season is actually is actually moving towards its conclusion. We're in the middle of July now, Joey. Oh, hell, I, I consider it done at this point. We're coming up on the kickoff. That's game on. Game on. Game on. We get practices and, you know, pads are on. and That's right. That's right. Yeah, this, get, is, this is season here. We get some go ACC content here soon. That's right. I'm, I'm ready, Mike. It's been a long offseason. As you mentioned, yeah, we'll, we'll try to record sometime next weekend after the, uh, the kickoff to follow up on any of the uh, sure, you know, sure to occur newsworthy things that happen there. Uh, and then shortly after that is when team previews will start. And we'll start pumping those out here over the next about six weeks. We, you know, we're, we're running out of time until the season starts. And uh, that's, that's exciting news to hear. So um, I, I hope you're looking forward to it as much as we are. It's, it's been a, a lengthy offseason, but we got real football content right around the corner. It's happening. It's coming. Oh, hell yeah. Mike, anything else before we get out of here? No, I think we're good. All right. Well, uh, for those looking for us in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB. And together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email to the longest email address known to man, basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. If you got questions or you want us to hear us uh, follow up on something coming out of the kickoff or whatever, please reach out. If you got team preview thoughts, you know, that you want us to incorporate in those teams' uh, previews, let us know. Hit us up basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Y'all can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. And Mike, tell them where they can find us on the social medias. Facebook, facebook.com slash basketballconference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Find all of our podcasts everywhere else, Joey just mentioned. Rate us there. Review us. Do all that good stuff. Please do. We're going into year three of the Basketball Conference Podcast. Already. that's That's a good feeling, Mike. It is. Year three already. We have survived. Season uh, three. Season three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's when most TV series get really good. So uh, I think we're hitting our stride here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mike, that's all I got. Anything else? I think we're good, buddy. All right. Want to come back later this week and do it again? Yep. Let's do it. All right. Until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.